You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. All right, what are we going to do today? We're going to, we are going to, um, I said the first service, I feel like pulling up a chair, putting a fireplace, and just talking like a fireside chat. Pastor to church family. But you know, I got thinking about it. What I got to preach on, it's not going to work. I'm I'm sorry, I got too much fire in this message. Our theme, which the Lord gave us, is the year of the supernatural. Many of you here, you cannot achieve the victory you have that you're looking for without a supernatural move of God. Some of your finances, you need a supernatural thing to happen. You need the supernatural. And so I want to preach about this today, beginning with Acts chapter 2. But here's my title. We got to position our lives for the supernatural. You got to put yourself in a place where God can promote you for the supernatural. Are you ready? Let's read with Acts chapter 2, verse 22, one verse out of that chapter. Peter's preaching. Men of Israel, hear these words Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him. In your midst. Then go to verse 42 of that same chapter. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many, not some, many signs, wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Then go to um, Acts 5.12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Then go to Acts 6, 1 verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Now, Father, I pray that there will be a divine illumination because we cannot move forward in the supernatural without revelations from God. God, you must reveal yourself to us. We ask today that you would do that very thing, make alive the reality of the supernatural and how we can step into it, that, Lord, this house will be known as a house of signs, wonders, and miracles through the hands of your people and to the glory of God. And everybody said, amen. Signs, wonders, miracles. Jesus said in John 14, 12, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works shall you do. Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was a man that became a human. When he became human through the mother Mary, he divested himself of all of his heavenly powers and attributes out of Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 8. And then He received the power of the Holy Spirit when he came out of the River Jordan, but he operated in the supernatural. His calling card was signs, wonders, and miracles. 
That's the tipping point. That's what caused crowds to come. When you can multiply five loaves and two fish to 5,000 men, you've got, a, you've got their attention. But Jesus did not limit it just to himself. He passed that same attribute to the 12 disciples. And they too operated in signs, wonders, and miracles. Without the signs, wonders, and miracles, the church would not have been birthed. Theologians around the world say this. Signs, wonders, and miracles stopped after the dispensation of the apostles was over. They say we don't need it anymore. What we need is greater hazers, more lights, shorter services, more culturally connecting sermons. Water it down. Get to their level of unbelief. And whatever it takes, reach the lost. When you reach them, what do you do with them? Let me say that about the devil. The devil hates the supernatural. Pentecostal churches, so many around the country, have drunk the Kool-Aid. That's why I'm very wary of what conference I go to. Just because you're big doesn't mean you're right. There are more people going to hell than heaven. Does that make them right? The church is going in the wrong direction. We're going away from the supernatural. But I believe with all my heart that you will not change the earth with seeker-sensitive services. Watering down the truth, throwing away the standards of old just to incorporate the godless in today. How can you be so stupid and still breathe? Yeah, it's going on all around. But I made up my mind to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? It's not here. If, in fact, the church in the beginning was broken free and great growth happened by signs, wonders, and miracles, then it can happen today. There's nowhere in the Bible that says God threw the switch. The only one that threw the switch were the people in the church through their doubt, unbelief, disobedience, lack of, and lack of consecration. Well, we're not gifted for that. Hogwash. Our problem is we believe myths and fables. <laughs> the Bible says, Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. Now, we've seen many miracles in this church. We've seen it. You listed. We've got Ted Shawsworth coming down again. But we've had many miracles in our own eyes around here. Many. I'm a walking miracle myself. Myself. The doctors gave me 90 days to live. I'm still here. It's a true story. Still here. It pays what church you go to. Trust me, it does. You go to the wrong church, they don't preach the power, you will die, will cry over your grave, but you'll be in heaven before your time. I'm just telling like it is. I believe that we're stepping into the greatest days of spiritual awakening the world's ever seen. Even, caused, even by prophetically, we have prophets saying it, in your own spirit, you know something is going to pop. As the days get darker and darker, it's not going to be through, the, through little shows and little 
word platitudes are going to win the world. It's going to be through the powerful signs, wonders, and miracles loosed by heaven's glory. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. But it's going to be happy for those who want it. It's going to be for those who position for it. The others just go right on by. It's amazing. At one church preaching how signs, runs, and miracles has passed, the church down the street is raising the dead. just depends who you hang with. But I'm telling you, this is the greatest hour for the church, and I'm not talking about pastors flowing in it or prophets flowing in it. I'm talking about the congregation flowing in it. I'm talking about you flowing in it. And so we got to get ourselves in position. So we're going to fast, we're going to pray, we're going to seek the face of God. But I'm telling you, the power of God, signs, wonders, and miracles is an arrester. One miracle is worth 10,000 sermons. When I'm, I mean, when people get delivered of demon powers, all of a sudden they come, what church was that? It amazes me. We have surrounding churches. They'll, we get calls every now and again. Are you the church that casts out devils? I said, yes, we are. We're sending you some people. Well, why can't you cast them out yourself? No, we just counsel demons. We pet them. We don't do it here. We cast them out in Jesus' name. People come all the time. They come. Well, this lady showed up here for prayer. She said, well, I heard you believe in healing. I said, we do. Well, we don't have that in our church. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this woman, I, she said, right there. She said, well, you know, I'm from another country, and I'm here on a special visa, and I have no insurance. And I'm, I work with horses, and a stallion came up and reared itself up and then came down and took its hoof, smashed me on my jaw. It's broken. She's sitting with a jaw. I said, we're going to pray for you. Right there. Laid hands on her. Prayed. She went out into the power. She didn't know what that was. She got up. I said, check your jaw. Wow. Completely healed. She left to go back to the other church. I'm not making this up. If, if, if some of the stuff in life is so crazy. A month or two later, she's back. She was the same stallion. It broke the other side of the jaw. I'm not kidding. She said, it's broken over here. In my mind, I said, first you have to pray for your judgment. <laughs> but in my mind, I said, God, I don't know if you can do it tw two times in a row. I mean, the first time, okay. Second time, it was an act of stupidity. I said, okay, Lord, here we go. I laid hands on her. Remember this? It was a whole bunch of people. Pay for her. Down she went. She gets up, it's all well. I said, stay out of the stable. And she, and she left. I've never seen her since. But the point is, miracles is the, it's our inheritance as believers. We serve a mighty God who's a supernatural God. And if you're born of God, then you step into that same supernatural vein. And how the church has taken the supernatural out and think we're going to win the world without the supernatural, they're smoking ungodly weed. <laughs> but the only way you can overcome some of these things in life is going to be the, it's going to be the supernatural power of God. The yokes to be destroyed off your life. There are more people on dope. Dope. Everyone's doped up. 
But everyone denies they're on dope. I'm not, I'm not on dope. We've had several people run into our vehicles, our church vehicles. We've had people run into my own daughter's car. I mean, here she is on 92. 1030 at night, not a car around. She stopped at a red light, three lanes. She's in the middle. One car plowed in the back of her car, pushed her in the middle of the intersection. And I, my daughter called, and I went to see her. I mean, the woman, bless her darling heart. If you're watching, honey, I love you. But you talk to her. I said, oh, my God. She's smoking that marijuana. Uh, and she says, yeah, I was just driving. I didn't see a thing. Boom. I look at her going, you know what? You see pink elephants too. I mean, you, she is just out there. The guy plowed into our truck, into our bus, sitting still. Stoplight. Boom! Okay. Guy's got a bag of weed. Cop comes. We watch him. Throw the weed out of the car. I'm just fine, officer. So just understand, I mean, the drug use is off the chain. Now I got TikTok. God help us. Owned by the red Chinese. TikTok. Someone sent me something on TikTok. Oh, TikTok. I don't really want to look at TikTok. And I looked at it, and then I just flipped it. I said, oh, my God, there's trash in this stuff. I look up TikTok. It's the number one social media for the young people. Beating Facebook, everything else. But they put all kinds of skanky stuff on there. Like... Gender transformation is the new rebellious act for young people. I'm being transferred. Do you know what that's going to mean to you? I mean, just, just to be rebellious. And they push it on this TikTok trash. And so we live in a world that's gone mad. Genderless bathrooms. I mean, don't get me started. I, I, it gets me... The morons are in charge. <laughs> Just like slapping some people. If this offends you, we're not the church for you. Because I am the very opposite of politically correct, walking down the line. I will tell you the truth as how God sees it. And God says, you tell him, son, I made a male and female. I'm just saying. So we got to understand this, that um, when we talk about God, you're talking about the supernatural. He created the earth by his words. Let me get that. I'll answer. I've done it before. How many know? know it? I ran back there, put the ring. I thought, yes, sir. This is Pastor Mary Captain. Can I help you? I said, who is this? Click. He's supernatural. This book is supernatural. The book itself says it's supernatural. 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, this word is God-breathed. He breathed out the words. First Timothy, I mean, first, uh, 2 Peter 1.21, it says that holy men of old were moved by the Spirit of God and spoke out as God gave them the words. This is a recording of what God spoke. Supernatural. God says, my word is alive and full of power. Supernatural. 
The church is supernatural. The church. If anyone's smart, don't mess with the church. It's the vehicle of God Almighty. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, don't go anywhere until you're endued with power from on high. And when the anointing of God came in the Pentecostal experience, it said 120 were filled with the Spirit of God. They were given a holy language that God gave them and fire set upon their head. And Peter preached his first sermon like a man from another world. And the whole book of Acts is signs, wonders, and miracles of the church of Jesus Christ that literally overthrew the strongest empire of the day. Watch out, Red China, when you mess with the church. Watch out, America, when you mess with the church. You're not messing just with the church. You're messing with the God who breathed the power into the church. Watch out. Be very careful. And then we ourselves, created by the Holy Spirit of God, God breathed upon us and we became a new living creature. It is all supernatural. And then God gives us the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are supernatural gifts. The gift of faith, the working miracles, the gifts of healings. These, these gifts operate in the Old Testament. The gift of faith is what kept Daniel alive in the lion's den. All these gifts, gifts of word and knowledge. In fact, the only gift is, and that is not in the Old Testament is tongues interpretation. But Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you will speak with tongues. In my name, you will cast out devils. Do you realize that the gift of being able to speak in a language you never learned that God gave you? You say, well, I don't know what, that sounds strange. No, it's in the Bible. God said, I'll speak through you. Supernaturally. Think about this. In Mount Sinai, God launched the old covenant by speaking on top of Mount Sinai in the midst of thunder, lightning, and earthquakes. He spoke the Ten Commandments. Then he came up to then Moses came up and he wrote them down. That's why when you take Ten Commandments off the courtroom walls, not a good thing. And so in the new covenant, it was launched by this way, similar. God himself poured his spirit out, and through 120 disciples, he spoke out his words that they never learned. They praised God through an unction by the Holy Spirit. That's supernatural. That's why the devil hates the Pentecostal movement. Because if you truly are become a Pentecostal, you step over to the power of God, you have the power, do you understand that, to trash hell. Because God himself prays through you for you. God himself will pray through you for you and for others. But prayerlessness and not activating what God gave you and not stepping into it in its full appropriation of its abilities will leave you lacking. But if the church gets into this and pulls... That's why I can no longer go to America for my leadership because so much of the leadership in America, the church leadership is weak compared to when you go overseas. I travel around the world over 50, 60 nations. I've been to the biggest churches. You think we're big here? They're little. We have the smallest churches in the world. Go to a church of 3 million. Go to a church of 200,000. You, you want big? You got to get out of here. But they're radical. They're radical. I picked up the largest church in East Africa, Rabbi Kanji. He's going to come here as soon as they lift the COVID nonsense. 
And by the way, COVID's going. Bye-bye, COVID. See you later. Bye-bye. The greatest awakening is coming. Right after COVID goes, we got the greatest awakening. That's why we got to be, pre- be prepared. That's why we're going to build a new building. We got to be, pre- be prepared. I pick him up. I've known Robert Kanja for maybe going on 30 years. I pick him up. He's like skin and bones. I said, what have you been doing? Fasting. A whole church went on a fast for one year. We prayed eight hours a day from eight to five. One year, we, a whole congregation ate one meal a day. You try that in America, they'll change churches. <laughs> he said, I myself, now don't try this. I'm just talking about how Africa rolls. I didn't eat for 70 days. But they've been holding a service now every night for I think it's going on six or seven years. And guess what? There's so much power in that church that people travel from around the world to get there. What's building that church is signs, wonders, and miracles. People know that if they get to that church, God will show up. I've been there where a lady who was an athletic person from Italy and the Olympic team wrecked her knee, couldn't play. But she heard about Robert Kanja's church, flew in, got healed, flew out. Smart Olympian. They brought kings in there from around Africa. Broken children. Get instantly healed. How many know that has the impact on on the president of, com- of countries. It's going to happen here in America. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, what about the steps? I'm getting to it. There are steps. There are steps. I'm just going through them right now. Praise the Lord. Step number one. There are five steps. Step number one. We must have a strong desire to see the supernatural operate in our lives. You've got to get to a place of desperation where the natural is not good enough. You must see the supernatural. I must see the move of God. Some of you have family members. It's going to take the supernatural to bring them to Christ. Some of you have people bound by devils. Now, they won't call them devils. They call it chemical imbalance. But I promise you, they are bound by demons, and only the supernatural can deliver them. Some of you, I mean, you can go through all kinds of things, whether your physical health or whether it's your, uh, your family situations, your finances. But God wants to do the supernatural, even in the financial arena. God wants to do more than just supply your needs. He wants you to supply your needs and bless you so you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. I'm telling you what, God is raising up wealthy people in these last days. But you've got to catch the wind of God. But you've got to have a strong desire, a strong desire. I believe this, that everybody here wants to hear God, wants to be led by the Holy Ghost, wants to walk in the supernatural. Everybody here wants to do that. Yeah, I want to do that. Because you were created to walk in the the supernatural. But nothing will happen until you desire it. You've got to want it. God will not come to you because, oh, here's the gift of healing. Here's the working of miracles. Here's the gift of faith. That will not happen until you reach up saying, God, i got to have it. 
God, I gotta, I've got to have the supernatural. I need victory for myself so I can minister the victory of other people. You've got to have it. When it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, we are to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You're talking about the supernatural. You've got to want them. You've got to earnestly. I looked at the word up. Zulu. I like that word. It sound, because it sounds like zeal, which it is. It has to do with, you've got to be zealous for the gifts. You've got to be zealous. You mean you've got to have this passion. You've got to get enthusiastic. I've got to see the move of God. I want to see the supernatural. For myself, I want to see the supernatural in the house. I want to get to a place where no one leaves sick. You come, you may come with crutches. Everyone runs out of here. Their eyes are clear. Diabetic conditions is lifted. That back pains are gone. Every condition is lifted in Jesus' mighty name. It's happened before. It can happen again. A.A. Yes. Allen, R.W. Schaumbach, talked about the time. 3,000-member church in Alabama where the power of God hit that place. They brought a, 20, uh, a little boy, five, four, five. He was deaf, dumb, blind, twisted. I mean, he had like 24 medical things wrong with him. He was slated to die. They bring him forward. He said, let me pray for him. A.A. Allen took him in his arms laid hands on them, and before God and everybody, God began to pop every bone in place, open up the eyes, the tongue went back in place, and after two minutes of popping, snapping, he put the boy down, and the boy ran across saying, Mama, Mama. He said when he did that, he said, everybody, this is R.W. Schampa giving this thing, they said back then they keep all the wheelchair people on one side and all the stretcher people on another side. He said immediately all the wheelchair people got up simultaneously. And then everyone's eyes, 3,000 eyes, went from the stretcher case right over to the, I mean, to the wheelchair, to the stretcher. And everyone on the stretcher got up and walked. And then he said, then, listen to me, then the power of God hit. He said, it went across the whole congregation. He says, Schaumbach made this testimony. Not one person left sick under that tent. Someone shall praise the Lord. Now listen. I believe if that was done back then in the healing revival, about 11 years of the supernatural move of God, what will happen now when we live in the end of the end where Satan is licking his chops? He thinks the end is here. He's got one world government right here. You know, a cashless society, chip everybody. We're going to control everybody. We're everybody wearing masks, goggles, and walking backwards. I don't know what they'll do, but they will work our way where everybody says, controlled! Until the Holy Ghost shows up. I mean, I want to see a guy. I mean, it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. I said, God, we here. got some major leaders. Some of the most far out people that don't love God, want everything that's anti-God. All of a sudden, they get touched with the power. And their mother gets delivered. And their son gets delivered. Then all of a sudden, they become the greatest spokesman for Jesus Christ. If God can take a Saul and turn him into Paul, He's got others out there in our world today that they're maybe on the, in the zenith of entertainment, the zenith in the news, the zenith in the political arena, whatever, all of a sudden they're going to do, what? Now there's somebody else because of the supernatural power of God. Not through seeker-sensitive services, but by the demonstration of signs, wonders, and miracles in this generation. But you have to contend for it. The book of Jude says, contend earnestly for the faith that was given you. You gotta say, God, if this is my inheritance, the supernatural, why does it just fall on me? No, you've gotta contend for it. You've gotta make room. Say, God, I want it. You've gotta pray. God, I want it in the body of Christ, one in my life, one in my church. In the mighty name of Jesus, 
Hallelujah. You will, you will never attain what you do not want. Let me say that again. You will never attain what you do not want. You've got to want it. And you've got to want it bad. Enough you might just fast some. What you say? You might pray some more than you've ever prayed in your, in your walk with God. And so you, I, I, I feel it so strong. If we try to accomplish what God's called us to do outside the supernatural, it'll just won't happen. You must have the supernatural. I remember I was in corporate America. And God started dealing with me. I want you to leave your corporate job and go into full-time ministry. Easier said than done. I'm used to seeing money come in. I'm used to seeing my, you know, God bless you with success. I had my own president here. He was here what, a month ago. Great company. And then the Lord says, I want you to quit. Okay, God, you better hear God. That's all I got to say. But I know I heard him. I turned a resignation. That same boss who was the son of the, pre- of the CEO, my boss, the son of the CEO, tried to talk me out of it for two and a half years. Two and a half, yeah, about two and a half years he did, and two and a half hours. But he, for, like, for nearly two years, he kept calling me. When I was struggling financially, he called me up. He said, hey, I'm offering you so much if you'll just come back. It was always getting higher and higher. The devil would say, just, 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 just take it. All your financial woes will go. But I remember just seeing supernatural things happen. Because when you make a step out for God, supernatural things will happen. My wife and I, we were given a little, remember that we finally received that ministry job. And we felt the Lord was given to us. And we loved Pastor Bob, but he really couldn't afford us. So he gave us some, I mean like, it was tight. Thank God we had no debts. Step one in ministry, ladies and gentlemen, if you're thinking about going to ministry, have zero debt. So anyway, we had my brother, Rick Houghton, who pastors in Illinois right now. He said, I'm being called to go to England as a missionary. Dear God, they need it. And so we're going to be leaving for four years. And so we have to go see him. But I had no time to drive up there and back because our schedule was jammed. We had no time off. All we knew that we had to have tickets and we had no way to pay for them. I'll never forget it. My wife and I, at the end of the service, went to the altar. We knelt down. We said, oh, God. Oh, God of the supernatural. We need a miracle. We need two tickets to go to St. Louis for free. The next week, a lady comes up to us. The Lord's been impressing me that you need two tickets. I happen to have two tickets, but I want to give them to you. I said, ma'am, you're hearing God. You're hearing God. But many, many miracles. Miracle after miracle after miracle. I would see God move when you step into what God calls you to do. Then here come the miracles. But the miracles don't actually happen until you make the step. Funny about that. And we're all at different places. I'm not saying anybody quit their job. Please, please. We need people to have jobs. Support yourself. Support the kingdom. That's just a powerful ministry. 
I think if half the ministers that think they're called would just resign and get back to work. And listen to me, and then, and then the other half who are working need to resign and go to full-time ministry. I mean, I think it needs to be uh, a divine exchange there. But you've got to want it. Everybody say, I've got to want it. And, uh, and then step number two. You must have a revelation by God for your, your purpose and your calling for your life. You must have God's purpose for your life. What am I here for? You're here more than just for a job, more than just your 401K. There is a divine call on every person on earth. And when you're born again, you step into that call. Because God is a God of eternity and he speaks to us with eternal values. And he tells us to base our life on eternity, not on terra firma. Do not base your decisions, do not base your purpose and all your lifetime goals based on this earth. Base it on what God tells you to do. Because we serve an eternal God who has eternal judgments. Meaning that you will one day stand before Almighty God to give an account for what you did with your life. Did you obey what God asked you to do? And eternity, when you're talking about it, because this word is eternal. When you say eternal, it means everlasting. It means it'll never change. Forever and forever. It's timeless. It's outside the realm of time. And when God calls you and speaks to you, he, he talks to you about, here's what I need you to do for me. And God will use your talent, your giftings, because no one else is quite like you. Trust me. Some family members saying, thank God. Amen? But others. But we, everyone has unique look, unique fingerprints, unique hair follicles, unique composition of gifts and talents that God wants to put that together to use for his glory. And you can look sideways, look up, but let me tell you what, it always comes back to the church. Because the church is God's vehicle. Somewhere in your life scheme, God has a job for you for the kingdom. You can mark it down. It always involves serving. It always involves giving what you have away, which means in the church, which means in the world, it means reaching the kingdom out there for the, for, uh, through the gospel, bringing the kingdom of God through preaching, signs and wonders, miracles. It's, it's all tied up into that. And you say, well, I don't know what it is. Begin. You bet you got to capture the purpose of God. God has a purpose. Do not allow yourself to get tied down to natural things. If you have your job, you should do it for eternal reasons. I go to work because of the king of God, Jesus. I work for him. And everything I do, I, because of him, I'll do my job excellence because of him. And by the way, every job you should do, you should do in excellence. You should be the best person in the company. If they're letting people go, you should be the last one to be let go because you're too valuable. It's the truth. But your purpose, ultimately, has got to be tied to eternity. Amen. And so God wants you filled with his knowledge, the knowledge of his will, Colossians 1.9. He wants you filled with the knowledge of his will. But how am I going to get that? I've got to get in the word of God. I've got to let God speak to me. Amen. He's got to talk to you. And I know I was involved in church for years, and I was a good, quote, church member, and I would just begin to do whatever God told me to do. I'd always involved. I've led worship. I've done, you name it, I've done it. 
And I found out what I'm good at and found out what I'm not good at. Oh, here's what I'm not good at. I'm not good at putting on Valentine dinners. I did one. My pastor said, you'll never do one again. Uh, it was okay by me. I did my best. It was just me, myself, and I. I knew nothing what to do. Just throw out a big bowl of spaghetti out there. I had a big bowl of spaghetti. I said, uh, line up. It was very unromantic, but honestly, looking back, it was a shame. But I was told that was not my gifting. And... Uh, Leading worship is my gifting in smaller groups. In larger groups, I did it because I had my wife to lean on. Because we'd co-lead. And I'd lean on her. She's very good. And so God says he wants us to understand that the goal of life, your purpose, one of the purposes is you've got to be like Jesus. You've got to be like him. You've got to become like him. That's how God sees it. You've got to become like my son. In fact, Ephesians 4.13, it says, Till we all come to unity of the faith. To the knowledge of the Son of God, even to a perfect man. God wants us to be full grown in Him. One of your purposes you got to understand God wants you to grow up to be like His Son. If you become like His Son, Jesus becomes your example. What did Jesus do? He gave His life away for many. See, your life's going to be the more you grow up. I found this with the things of the kingdom. The more you mature in Jesus, the more selfless you become. The more you mature in Jesus, the more giving you become. The more you mature in Jesus, the more focused you are on spreading His kingdom. Your job is about your kingdom. Your family is about the kingdom. When I see people who get married, I married a couple of years. I say, you know, what you're, you know what this is? This is God's empowering you to be more effective for the kingdom. And I tell, you, I tell you, when you get a kingdom mindset, you understand everything's about the kingdom. Everything's about moving the kingdom. Two worlds, visible, invisible. There's this kingdom we see, but there's invisible kingdom, the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of this world is, is temporary. It's passing, but the kingdom of God is eternal. It's forever. It's eternal. That's why it's so important. You discover your eternal purpose because the way you live down on this planet will determine how you live in all eternity. When that drops in your spirit, then you quit living for this world. You will live to please him. That's all you'll do. I want to please you, Father. And really, the contest is this. Who can outserve? That's the race. Who can outserve? Who can outgive? When you get that, it's all about giving. Your life shifts. Everybody say for purpose. I've got a purpose. In Jesus' name, you're going to find God's purpose. And step number three, you must have a willingness to lay your life down for Jesus. Let me tell you, this is a big one. This is kind of like meat. I'm going to throw you a big 16-ounce steak. Whenever I go to a steakhouse, I say, what's your biggest steak? And I order it. I see some 48 ounces. That's like half a cow. It's still mooing as they put it on the plate, on the table. I like it big because it has bone in it and it tastes better. There's little filet mignon, little medallion, middle of a big plate. I say, I paid all that for that? You eat three bites and you're done. Lord have mercy. I want a bone. Give me a bone. And I take the rest home and I put it in the fridge and I've got to hide it because if my kids find it, they'll eat it. <laughs> my son was notorious for that. He was, like a, he was like a cannibal, always looking for the, his dad been to the steak place, looking for the steak. I try to hide it way in the back. I'd go for my secret steak that I knew had about a half left and was gone. That's why I have communion every Sunday here in Jesus' name. <laughs> Not really. But... um. 
Jesus gave us an example of what it is to lay down his life. Now, here's a man that went from heaven to earth. The Bible said he laid down all of his divine attributes. The Bible said in Philippians 2, 8 and 9, he talks about he gave, he became obedient, even to the point of the cross. You see, uh, you'll learn this about God. He'll actually do things you don't want to do. What? He'll ask you to do things you don't always want to do. I didn't know that. I thought God only asked me to do things I want to do. No, newsflash. It doesn't work that way. Where be the sacrifice of everything you, uh, he asked you to do that you don't want to do? I mean, there's no sacrifice. It's not always easy. Here comes the stake at you. Jesus was willing to give his life to die for you. This is a heavy thing right here. I'm going to say this verse. It's, it's, it's very strong. I'll just warn you. It's strong. I don't think we preach it enough, nor do we elucidate enough on, on, its, on its meaning. But before I do that, I want to talk about Jesus. He said, I don't come to do my own will out of five, John 5.30, but the will of my Father who sent me. He's always saying that. I don't come to do my will, I come to do the will of my Father. Jesus is our example. We should be constantly saying that. I don't come to do my own will, I come to do the will of my Father. Father, what do you want me to do? I want you to serve as an usher. No, I don't want to do that. God will make you do things you don't want to do. Oh, yeah. I remember I was sitting out there in the church one time. This is when we first came. This is the church that we became a part of. And about a month went by, and some person finked on me and told the pastor I used to lead worship. And that was for a smaller country church, 150 people. This is a bigger church, five, 600 people. Uh, they said, we want you to lead worship. I said, no, I, I don't think so. And then I had to go to God. And then God said, I, I need you to lead worship. I don't want to lead worship. Especially with the crowd they had up there. Because the band didn't like newcomers. And if you know anything about a band, they can make a singer look like trash. They get the beat wrong, end before you're done. I mean, they can make you look like a fool. Well, I was made a fool after like several weeks. And I told the pastor, I'm done because these guys don't like me. He said, I need you to stay. And I couldn't leave. I felt like I had to leave. But God is a great defender. Those smarty pants musicians, not these guys. <laughs> One guy thought he was all that and a bag of chips. We had a, we had a drummer. But he was so into his drums. I would never allow this. You see what the drum is? It's, in, it's, it's nice. We love Brother Scott. But you see, it's protected here. Some churches... They put the drummer in the middle. But this guy, he built a platform. He was like 340 feet off the ground. And he had two sets of drums. It was like a giant, who needs two whole sets of drums? And he has, it looked like a pyramid of drums. And he's out there in the middle of the church. Until one day, the lead guitar man, who also didn't like me, he was being cool, stepping back like this. And he stepped on a cord, lost his footing. Stepped on another cord, lost his footing. Began to lose momentum, began to lose his stand, and kept going backwards. And he crashed into the pyramid of drums. You'd think it was a comic act, but the drums went flying. He was embarrassed. And you know what the good news is? They all left. Hallelujah! 
We got a new set of drums and a new set of people that are willing to work with us. But you know what? I'm talking about you're going to be doing things you don't want to do. You would mark it down. Well, let me give you a scripture to back to my, my what I'm saying. Matthew 16, 24-25. If anyone desires to come after me, now you got to desire it. you got to want it. you got to choose it. I want to come after you, Jesus. Well, you want some of me? You want some of me? Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself. It means you've got to renounce yourself. It means you, 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 you take all rights of your life away. You literally say, God, I'm not going to make the choices. You make the choices. I have to be quiet. I have to listen to God. But whatever you tell me to do, I will do. My job, persons I marry. I know some of you would maybe not marry that person if you just waited on God. But too late now. God's got a miracle for you. But you... If you listen to God, listen to me. You got in everything you do, you wait on God. You wait on God. You want the supernatural? You got to understand this. You got to lay your life down for God. The Bible says you are not your own. You're bought with a price. That's out of 1 Corinthians 6. You are not your own. You're bought with a price. You don't belong to you. God owns you. And so with Jesus, and I love Jesus, because everything that he went through is an example for what we have to go through. He talks about this in the Garden of Gethsemane, especially in Luke's gospel. He said he was in agony. He said drops of blood came out of his forehead. That's pressure. He said, Lord, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. For me to become sin, for me to take on the curse of all the world, I, I just, it's too much. And he was in agony. Think about it. And yet he said, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you want, oh God. Father, whatever you want. And he gave us a type and shadow. That's what God wants out of us. No matter what. You're willing to lay down your life for him. And I believe in the days ahead, some of us will be willing to do that. We may be given that opportunity. Of the 11 remaining apostles, because we know Judas went out and hung himself. Every one of those people died a martyr's death. They paid the price ultimately with their life. And what Jesus is saying to us, can you follow my lead? Are you willing, if need be, to give up your life for me? I don't know about you, but it's not a life I'm run, running it. It's got to be a life where he's running it. We must give him our life completely in the mighty name of Jesus. And you know what? The devil wants to, wants to kind of shove the trash down our face about how weak we are and how we can't make it. I'll tell you this. you got to understand this. That you're a born again child of God. You're a son of God. The Godhead lives in you. Yes. you got to get this. 2 Corinthians 9.10. It says, in him, talking about Jesus, dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And him being Jesus who is the prince of, prince of all power. But this thing about Jesus saying that I'm in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. If Christ in me, then the Holy Spirit's in me, and then through the Holy Spirit, even God the Father. I literally have the Godhead in me. Now, it's represented by the Holy Spirit, but you do understand how powerful you and I are. We've got to lay our lives down. He wants to direct our lives. And then step four, just two more to go, is take dominion over the devil in your life. You cannot be passive if you want to go forward 
and get the powerful move of God in your life. You've got to take dominion. Quit blaming everything on God. Rise up in the authority God gave you and take dominion. He said to subdue the earth and to take dominion over the earth. Dominion in the Hebrew means to rule over. He created us to rule over. Adam lost it in the Garden of Eden, but Jesus gave it back. And what Jesus wants us to do is rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and rule over every demonic situation that comes to your life. I'm telling you, if you've got lack of money, tell the devil to get his hands off your job, off your money in Jesus' name. If you're facing sickness and disease, tell the devil get off your body, get out of my body. Satan, I break your power of my body. Be aggressive. Don't be passive. Be aggressive in Jesus' mighty name. We have to exercise that authority. I tell you, the more that you walk with God, your authority will grow. The reality of that authority, because it's like a revelation. I know who I am. I know what I have in me. And I will come against any demon and attack it in the name of Jesus. Especially in ministry, we see demons manifest. In Africa, we see demons manifest. But we don't sit there and just, oh my goodness, look at the manifestation. I love Clara. Clara, join us. She runs. She says, show me a demon. I want to see one. There are ones over there. She shot to the, what do we call that tent? The fire tent. More demons are coming out of people. I mean, on the ground, slithering, coughing, trying to bite you, everything else under the sun. But they were all coming out in Jesus' name. And let me tell you what, we operate in America where nobody has demons. Let me tell you what. These passengers are clever. They come riding into church even. And they keep saying, I'm not here, I'm not here. But I tell you, the power gets strong enough. They'll begin to manifest. And then you'll be delivered in Jesus' name. But you've got to take authority over all demonic powers. You can't sit there floating like a leaf down a river. Rise up! And then the fifth one and we're done. You've got to step over into the walk in the Spirit. What do you mean by step over? You can make a decision. You're going to, be, you're going to walk by the Spirit, your inner man, and not your head or your emotions. Too many Christians operate out of their emotions. They are, Listen. When you backslide, you operate by your emotions and what your head says. And the devil will talk to your head. He says, go to that club. One drink won't hurt you. Meet that guy. Meet that girl. We're just having fun. The Lord understands. Now, let me say this about God. God's not stupid. He watches your life 24-7. You need to be led by the flesh. And here's what you do. When you're led by the flesh, the more that you're led by the flesh, the stronger your flesh grows. You get in a routine of letting the flesh tell you what to do. You can't step over to the supernatural if you're led by the flesh. I'm about ready to tie it up here. Just give me two more minutes and we'll be done. You've got to be led by the flesh. The Bible says if you walk in the spirit, Galatians 5.16, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You let your spirit man do the leading, do the talking. Romans 8, 8.14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. You've got to allow your spirit. You've got to become spirit-minded. Everybody say, I am a spirit. I, am a spirit. I live in a body. I in a body. And, I and I have a soul. But I am first, I am first. a spirit being. You've got to get that down in you deep, 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 deep. I am a spirit being. I am a spirit being. God's spirit lives within my spirit. And God in, 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 intended for us to be led by our spirit. What happened to Adam and Eve? They left the leading by the Spirit and were led by their flesh. And that's what brings the curse. If you want to break the curse, you've got to be led by the Spirit. 
You will dodge every bullet. You will miss every, every attack. I promise you this. God wants you to operate by the Spirit in these last days. But you've got to make a decision. I'm going to step over. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to be led of you, God. I'm going to do that right now. I'm going away for one week. I'm going to seek the face of God, the decisions i got to make. But I'm going to pray much in the Holy Spirit. I've got to give God something to work with. If I pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you build up my holy faith, and you give me a listening ear. We need to have a listening ear. We need to learn to develop, to be, to be quiet. Wait on God. What does God say? Well, my mother said this. Well, my boss said, who cares what they say? I'm not being disrespectful. I mean, we do care what mama says. Because if mama ain't happy, no one's happy. But the point is, <laughs> but let me just say this about Jesus. I just refer to this. He says, if you love father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love son and daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. He said, if you can't pick up your cross and follow me and deny yourself, you're not worthy of me. But the great paradox of God, whoever gains his life, whoever tries to gain his life will lose it. Meaning that I want to live selfishly. I want to live for myself. I want to live for my desires. You'll lose it. But if you're led by the Spirit, you, the more you give your life away for others, the more it come back to you. In fact, I'll notice people, the happiest people on the planet are the biggest givers. The most miserable people are always about my, me, my, myself, my, family, my, 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 hey, 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 my stuff, hey, hey, hey. They're miserable. They're not happy. If you want to get happy, you want to get free, you got to totally, <laughs> it's a, being led by the Spirit, God will always lead you to give away what God gave you. Your money, your talent, your gift. Personally, I'm having the time of my life. Oh, really? I tell people, I don't need six flags. You're screaming evil. You're screaming eagle. You can keep it. In fact, the things, you know, when you get into this thing, you, what happens is that the entertainments of life don't entertain me anymore. It's like, what? It's like, I'd rather be doing something for God. Excuse me, I'd rather be preaching. I mean, I don't, I don't mean I don't do anything, but... It's not my passion. Does that make sense? I mean, I like to fish. We go fishing. Take people out there on a guide boat. Man, we're flying across the water. I said, how fast are we doing? 63. I said, don't hit a blog, please. 63. He said, no, I can go 75. I said, no, stop right there. 63 is good. The fish can wait. <laughs> but, you know, I... I enjoy that. I enjoy going for walks. I enjoy hiking in the woods. I enjoy these things. But inside me, what burns, I, I want to use my life to help others find the reality of you. Uh, you know, my, my most exciting time is when God touches people in revival. What, what excites me is when I get on, uh, yesterday, we had 16 people, I think it was, go out on the streets one-to-one. -one. I look up there, and there's Scotty Irvin. What are you doing out there? And they have a, hi, my name is Scotty, and I'm winning souls on the first day of the year. I mean, I mean, my God, that made my day. I said, what, what? Stacy Johnson. If you're here today, Stacy, I've never done this before, but I'm doing it. I said, God, this blesses the fire out of me. So here's the deal. You take the five steps, engage your faith. Get the DVD or don't forget get the DVD. If you're smart, just click it on. The, it'll be posted by Monday. But get in you. I'm going to have the supernatural in my life. 
I'm going to see supernatural provision, supernatural salvation, supernatural pro promotion. I tell you, when you start getting over into the supernatural, it's like all bets are off what can happen. And all of a sudden, life becomes exciting because you never know what God's going to do. Hallelujah. Life gets boring when everything's the natural. But when you add the super to it, you don't know what's going to be going down. I want you to look at 2022 as being your greatest year you've ever had lived on the planet. It's going to be miraculous. God's going to do supernatural things for you. Yes, he will. God can change any situation in a moment. In a moment. Well, you're, you know, you're facing this way, all tore up from the floor up. Set free. You see things in a whole new way. Healed, delivered. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.